I've been cheated by you since I don't aware. So I made up my mind, it must come to an end. Brunch, hit it, boys! The cool thing I noticed about jukebox musicals, because there's musicals where you write a story and then write music for the story, and then there's jukebox musicals, which is... You write the story around the music? You like you just want to play some songs, <laughs> and in jukebox musicals, I have found usually uh, the songs are presented as though they're going to be in context, and they don't answer or add anything <laughs> to whatever. So like they'll be on... They'll be like... Hey, uh, whatever happened to that? Uh, like, whatever happened to that store you used to run? Be like, well, I was working there for three hours, and then I've been cheated by you <laughs> since I don't aware. So I made up my mind it must come to an end. And then, like three minutes later, that same person is like, "Well, you didn't Look fucking answer my question." <laughs> right? Like then it ends, and like by the end of it, they've all done like the "Why, why did I ever let you go?" And like they're stomping around and shit, and they've just like worked up a sweat, and like the song ends, and they're like, "Whew, huh. back to our daily lives." <laughs> so fuck, what were we talking about? Are you hungry? I'm thirsty, at least. And they get water, and they just move on. Water and cake. Big cake movie, this Huge uh, cake movie. We'd be remiss if we just don't start off with Mamma Mia Talk by saying it is the best... F- or Mamma Mia 2, here we go again, is the best movie I've seen since Get Out. Oh it is unbelievable. That it is, is such high praise. It is, it, is, it is way better than I expected. It, it is fucking a really... Really good film. Uh, it's like padding. I should say it's Paddington Two Realm. It's like it's such a feel good movie. Yeah, you're you're happy the whole time. Yeah. There's not a bad guy. I I realized basically like halfway through the movie, and then especially after the movie ended, I was like, this is a movie that I'm definitely gonna watch again. Definitely gonna watch when I when I need like a pick me up. Mm-hmm. It is such a good feel good movie. It was yeah, thoroughly thoroughly good. Uh, Way better than the first one. Way better than the first one. Significantly better than the first one. Like, the first one doesn't even... It's not even in the same galaxy. People who listen to this this show definitely know that we sort of... uh, We zero in on movies and sort of... uh, Like... Like in Baywatch, we were it's all in. Cheek, on, we were or, all in on Baywatch. Yeah. There was never a, a, a chance that we were going to say that Baywatch was bad. Yeah. Like I didn't think that Baywatch was that good, and we kind of went in on it. We were like, "Oh, Baywatch is, is really good." Yeah, right. Uh, we for sure were never going to say that Mamma Mia Two was bad, but it is very good. No, and this was way better than I thought it would be. Same, and I didn't particularly like love the first one. Same. I just thought that it was kind of a funny. Yeah. Uh, like it was, it was fun. It was one of the movies that's like kind of fun to laugh at, yes. while also being sort of entertaining. Yeah. Uh, this one, I for sure like sort of like giggled at the silliness of it at some point, but it seemed more to steer into that this yeah. time around. Like it had more self awareness. It knew that it was totally, goofy, uh, and that made it more fun. Yeah, I was mainly just excited for another movie with Abba in it, and that yeah. was it. And then like you saw all their promotion and all the ridiculous things they were doing. So, like you said, because we're us, we kind of doubled down on that. And we're like, oh, they're like, 
There's buses full of people uh, driving around Manhattan singing well, Mamma I- Mia. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. right. I'm on board with this shit. The biggest, the biggest, like, uh, the funniest thing about this movie to me was the fact that it was literally sold as a blockbuster. It was a fucking summer blockbuster, which I never expected that from Mamma Mia because sh- the first one wasn't that good. It should be considered that. I didn't realize the first one was 10 years ago. The first one was 2008. Yeah. That was a million years yeah. ago. And uh, so they pick up on the second one with... Uh, Meryl Streep's character has died, and they With Paul Walker in heaven. And uh, you know this. The viewers alerted to this um, by the fact that they say like six hundred times in a row that she's, she's dead. dead. Yeah, the movie re- starts with really fucking Andy hole. Garcia's unsexy ass. Yeah, how about around. That? Yeah, second movie of the year where Andy Garcia is uh, is uh, a horny old woman's sex pot. Uh, I realized halfway through this movie i was like fuck i'm andy garcia aren't i like you know when you watch stuff and you identify with certain characters i just looked at andy garcia's shitty body and i was like fuck i've gotten <laughs> there body and I... his character in this movie is like i'm never gonna be happy he's got a really bad body and yeah he was he he, he did, was very depressed in this movie he did the opposite of what i do so um you gotta fucking beat me over the head and half the time i don't even know what i'm sad about I just know that I'm sad, and that's just kind of it. And I exude, you know, people usually they say, when you you say exude, it's usually they exude confidence, or they exude whatever. I exude sadness, Sadness. but I don't necessarily always know what it is. Like, like sometimes people be like, oh man, did something happen? No. That would have been exciting, maybe maybe if it did. He does the thing. So you can't really get into what the fuck is wrong with DJ. He was doing the he thing. Has one central thing that is like has been his problem for yeah. decades, and he volunteers it every ten seconds. He yeah. goes, "Oh, I lost her, but I've made peace with it." Yes. And then you're like, "No, you fucking haven't, because you're going you're around telling like everybody that you lost her." Five seconds. You're talking about how some fucking girl left. Girls leave, man. Welcome to, to life. Um, so that's Andy Garcia's thing. They spend roughly. 90 of the 91 minutes on it. Uh, a lot of time <laughs> no, devoted to Andy Garcia. Uh, the three guys. So th- th- this is the backstory of uh, how she got pregnant. It's a very simple plot. It's this, very yeah. It's very simple. It's, it's about a girl who graduates college and goes on a trampage. So That's it's Meryl it. Streep's character, but like younger, and how she meets the three dads from died. the first movie. Yeah, before she before she this went is set and in met her Paul life. Walker in heaven. Yes. Um, and it's about the the three dads and basically how they met. And then uh, Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried. No, not Seyfried. Seyfried is the thing that we had in college. Yeah, Seyfried. Seyfried? Creeps. Seyfried? Seyfried. Siegfried. Seinfeld. Yes. Amanda Seinfeld. She is still in this movie, and she is obviously Meryl Streep's daughter, and she basically rebuilds her mom's hotel in honor of her death because again she's dead she is obsessed with her mom super dead she is so obsessed with her mom her husband calls everybody in this universe in this mama mia universe is fucking obsessed with meryl streep well it's because they knew her when she was younger and let me tell you babe alert nobody has uh rested on their what is rested on their coattails laurels laurels Mm -hmm. rested on their laurels more than Meryl Streep's character in Mamma Mia. She has not done She's anything. Like, I used to be hot as yeah, fuck. I used to be That'll hot. do. I used to put out, and that's about it. And now I'm just doing not a lot, and then I die. She also pulled a, a card that I don't really like. She, uh, so 
She had back to back to back one night stands, and each time, and I don't care about that. Do whatever yeah, the fuck go you for want. It. Yeah, live your life. Um, Let your freak flag fly. Every time she was like, "I never do this. I <laughs> well, never do this. I, loved I never do this. I don't like when people are about to have sex and then they just like tell you something about their sex life." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also I really like the fact that by the third time she was like, "I never do this." Uh, Recently, I've, I've been. Do- I've done. The, I rarely do this. Okay, recently, I, I've been doing this a lot. This is kind of my thing. This is now me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also, before, let's, let's, can we get into the, to the, how the sex happens in, for young Meryl Streep here? Uh, because sure. uh, they're very, very weird. The first one is uh, young Harry. Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, young yeah. Ha- No, uh, Pierce Brosnan is the guy on the motorcycle. Oh, He's that's right. He's the guy with the long hair. Yeah. Uh, young Harry is young Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. And wow, if that guy didn't really go for pity sex. If that guy... So this is, this is why I subscribe to the idea of never being surprised when anyone ends up with anyone or if anyone hooks up with anyone just because people are... We're, we're all fucking weird and sometimes anything can happen. This guy is the worst possible date ever with oh, yeah. this enigma of a once in a lifetime kind of catch. girl She's and a fucking catch. He meets her is so awkward at first, gets her to go on a walk, then struggles so hard to ask if he can hold her hand. <laughs> then when they're on a I date, it was a little bit endearing though how he was like like that was kind of smooth and a very awkward like cute. Well, he had to nerdy. play the after their first interaction, he had to play. He play had to commit like to the, the awkward. I'm a I'm a to, bit of a goof. Right. So they're at dinner, and she's just gotten to Europe, and uh, she's leaving the next day. She's leaving the next day. They're having dinner. They're drinking wine. They're uh, they're having a very weird meal. Did you notice what their meal was? No. Mussels and French fries. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She. Uh, I do remember that she had the French fries. She. Ate, like, she was doing a. She was. She, she, first was, of all, she changed, I, guess, I think, both of our lives. Yeah, first of all, so I guess the, they did a really good jo- job casting young Meryl Streep because they put Lily James in the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm not fucking obsessed with Lily James now, so now I guess I kind of understand why everybody's obsessed with uh, Meryl Streep. I don't know what that ki- what that kind of hair is like. Um, I, I always I co- consider it like person is like I don't know how she's the same species. Do you know what I'm talking about us? though? Like when when girls have like that uh, blonde kind of like fluffy ish hair and maybe like 600 of their strands stick together at a time, but it's somehow not dreadlocks. <laughs> you know, like that. She has that kind of look going, and she's doing a lot of the uh, kind of flowy, uh, shouldery kind of shirts. Just a really, really pretty great look. So anyway. I came into this movie not knowing who Lily James was. Same. You texted me after you saw the movie and you were like, I love Lily James. Yes. And I was like, good for you, bud. En- so I, this this uh, movie was an experience for me. I entered in not knowing who Lily James was. Uh, about after three or four scenes, I was like, I got to Google who this is. Mm-hmm. Found out it was Lily James. And by the end of the movie, I was like, I fucking love Lily James. I think you found out who you her. were through yeah, watching exactly that yeah it's a self-discovery a journey of self mama mia too a journey of self-discovery right so they're on this date and um they're playing young people but they're both like 41 years old and they're uh, having their muscles and their fries 
and every and she's like asking questions she's being like this super interesting person and he awkwardly steers everything back to hey what are the chances that maybe we could have sex at some point he says spend the night spend the night he keeps bringing it back to that and then uh when she's like yo are you gonna stop talking about sex constantly and he's like yes i promise also, I'm a virgin. Then he jumps up and starts singing Waterloo, and she has sex with him. I know. <laughs> what a move! <laughs> it was the what a move. most hilarious thing in the world. There was um, there were a lot of kind of song and dance things and reactions to the song and dance things that triggered me a little bit. When so she gives a speech when she graduates college, and. She immediately turns the speech into an ABBA song, takes off her robe, brings her friends up. They're dancing around, and her classmates are so into it. They let them stage dive. I fucking went to college and was that turn everything into a fucking song and dance thing. Didn't work out Let me tell well you, you, my classmates fucking hated it. <laughs> so the idea that... Not only did her classmates love it, the t- one of the teachers quit her job as a teacher to join that fucking parade of musical. That's right. There were... Yeah. So anyway, so she stoops that guy and then the next but day... I fucking hate, hated that guy. The young, uh, he was young weird. Colin Firth. He was very weird. He was a terrible actor. Mm-hmm. I feel like that guy was uh, was a stage actor because he played up everything so fucking like goofy and really overdid it. And it, it sort of, I know that this movie is a goofy and sort of overdoes everything. Yeah, but he stood out. I my one of my very few, I have like no musical issues with this movie, and maybe it's because I wasn't looking for him. The only thing that really stands out to me is that uh, I've heard the song "Mamma Mia" so many times that I've that I could give you I could like fucking give you the the stems and track by track and tell you what every fucking thing is doing. Uh, when they say my favorite thing about the song is they say uh, when they say "resist ya," yeah, she says it. She with says like, "resist you." She, no, well, it's it's like kind of half. It's like a kind of halvesies thing, but. That's the the word resist is the only time the song in the song you can tell English is not these people's first language. They, yeah. uh, they go, Mama, how can I resist ya? And uh, so I love that. And in the movie, they don't do that. So that's a small little thing. My other issue, this is my this is the first issue I've had like with the actors or anything. The way that guy said Waterloo, I think that he was trying to like play up that he's clumsy and everything, but he was like Waterloo. And I wanted to fucking kill him. He was just <laughs> I, a, this big clumsy idiot, and he, he wasn't was, that uh, hot. I didn't, I didn't dislike too many parts of this movie, but he, the young Colin Firth character, was definitely uh, a down for me. I got to say, one of my biggest notes though of the uh, dads of the grown dads, Colin Firth was Amazing. by far the hottest. Uh, Colin hottest? Firth is a fucking smoke in this movie. He really is. Uh, by far the hottest and by far like the the funniest and goofiest and loosest. Yeah. Uh, the, the scene, what was it? The scene, um, what was it, Mom? Was it Mom? No, Dancing Queen, right? On the boats? Yeah. As they go to the island? Oh. That scene is a fucking delight. That scene, so there's a scene where they're about to have this big fucking Meryl Streep is dead party and they're like, what's that in the water? The answer is usually boats. Yes. And it was boats and there was three boats full of people just fucking dancing like crazy to Dancing Queen. Uh, there's a thing 
called Yacht Week. Do you know what Yacht Week is? Uh, it's just where people party on yachts, right? It's like you party on yachts and you can do it in different parts of the world. Yeah. One of my friends is doing it in uh, Croatia. That's amazing. And she was like, yo, like this is the, like, she had me like look up what this thing is because she was just like bragging about how much fun she's about to have. And I, I would was imagine like, it's that scene. Well, I was like, this looks okay. This looks a little like fratish, so maybe not totally up my alley. If that shit was Yacht Week, where you're in ships I'd and be, you're all fucking saving all my vacation days and my entire year saving to go to that every year, it was it Colin like Firth fun. and Smoke Jumpers guy doing Bill Scar uh, Bill Skarsgård. I couldn't think of his dad. first name. It's, oh, it's, it's his dad. Is it it's Scarin Skarsgård. No, that's his brother. Um, let me look it up. It's, Too many Skarsgårds. Yeah, it's uh, Stellan. Yeah, right. Mm. Stellan Skarsgård. Um, they are. Uh, they're doing the "I'm the King of the World" thing. It's the most adorable it's thing so in the world. Funny. And this Colin one, Firth is like very flamboyant. Like, he's, yeah, he's like leaning over, throwing his arm up, and and shit. It's very awesome. He made a terrific impression on me Same. in this movie. Like the the big two takeaways were. This uh, Lily, what's her name? James. Lily James, beautiful young lady. Uh, also, she's very British. Yeah, I looked at when you said I love Lily James. I looked okay. it up, and it was just a picture of a British person. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, "Get over it, bro." Croatia Which, one. You're not a Harry Potter guy, but Lily James is is uh, pretty funny because that's both of Harry Potter's parents' names. Really, Lily and James. I was a Harry Potter guy. I'm fucking scarred. I yelled at a coworker British the person. other day over Harry Potter shit for something that he didn't do they were like did you guys uh, do you guys know the harry potter movies and i was like no i didn't see them because i read the first few books and i loved them and then and one of my coworkers was like uh who's similar age tommy giles was oh, okay, like yeah. uh i never read any of the books i was like because fuckers like you made fun of people like me for reading the books so i stopped fucking reading them wow. and then everyone started reading and then like the movies came out and it's the coolest fucking thing in the world I, I have that all first the books. Wave, motherfucker. I have all the books in my uh, in my apartment. If you want to borrow them, they were dope. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. I read the first three. So, uh, um, yeah, the, Colin Firth made a amazing, magnificent. Did you know that he was supposed to be the voice of Paddington? Really? Yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen because Paddington is perfect yeah. as is. Think but. about that though. Colin Firth blew Pierce Brosnan out of the fucking water. Pierce Brosnan was a little was. Uh, I don't want to say he let me down a little bit in this movie, but. I... I wanted a little bit more. He was Because in the first one, he was he kind of went all out. And his musical scene was hilariously bad. Yeah. But this time, they kind of just like, they let him off the hook. His one, uh, his one solo singing scene was basically him just talking. I'll never forget the scene in the first Mamma Mia where they're on a boat and it's Meryl Streep who at this point in the storyline is alive, is alive <laughs> uh, singing The Winner Takes It All. While Pierce Brosnan just kind of sits there and takes it, and they finish up, and it's the same thing. Like they finish up, and it's like, what, what, what are we talking about? Did we find a resolution? Yeah, it's like the most awkward part of the movie. Um, but yeah, he didn't. They really didn't do a shitload with him. Um, I like Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, yeah. This movie was quite progressive in that. There was a sassy uh, customer service person who was the sassy Greek man, the guy at the ferry, who every time... Oh, that guy was amazing. He was fantastic. Is he gay? I don't know I what he was. I, I think I think the the implication was that he was gay because he told everybody that they looked better with shorter hair. And uh, Oh, I think you're reading things into it, but that's... Uh, 
possible possibly at the but end like, he, he has like, like a back and forth but with like all those guys yeah all the dads he was like Mm, hello he well he comments on everyone's appearance yes. like m- man or woman he hilarious. tells them yeah like it was always a funny interaction and he's always saying like ah you used to look better and then colin firth shows up and he was like holy he's fuck like, you are a snack time has been so <laughs> yes. good to you get in here yeah maybe he was gay um, he's so mean to <laughs> stellan skarsgård he gives yeah, him he like was. a fucking whole song and dance about uh what did he say he's like your face has collapsed yes <laughs> DJ, you know me. Uh, I'm a glasses stan. I love my glasses. And the pair that I'm actually wearing right now is a pair of Warby Parkers. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Warby Parker. Um, and it's because, first of all, they have amazing pairs of glasses. They, yeah. they all look good. Um, I Every time I go and shop at Warby Parker, I want to buy a million pairs. They're like, they're tortoise. Uh, that's what these are. Yeah. They're a pair of tortoise they, shell they, Their tortoise shell is... They've perfected that. Right. And and I actually take note of that because every tortoise shell is kind of different. And there's that one kind of generic one that looks the same as everything else. But the good ones have like those... They, they space out kind of how it switches off. And they're the the light shade is a little lighter. Mm-hmm. That's what Warby Parker has going on. Hell yeah. Love it. Uh, and buying glasses can often be expensive, annoying, and overwhelming. But Warby Parker has the answer. Uh, they cut out the middleman and they sell directly to customers online and in their stores. Warby Parker is able to provide high quality, great looking eyewear at a fraction of the usual price. Uh, their prescription glasses start at ninety five bucks, which, if you're a glass person, you know that that's pretty pretty damn cheap. I've paid hundreds of bucks for glasses that I ended up not even liking. So uh, I've always been thrilled with my Warby Parker purchases. Uh, that $95 includes frames, lenses, and coatings. The people behind Warby Parker feel that glasses shouldn't cost more than your phone, which, I mean, phones are like a thousand bucks now. So if you're paying more, never getting a new more phone. for your glasses than for your phone, you got to rethink that spending. Uh, how can you possibly buy eyeglasses online? Well, it's pretty simple. They have a website and they have an app and they ship completely free. Uh, their home try-on program is great. You can pick five pairs of glasses that uh, that you want to try on and see which ones fit the best. There's no obligation to buy. Again, they ship to you free in a prepaid uh, return label. So if you want to do that free home try-on program, go to warbyparker.com slash brunch. Uh, and again, if you have a, if you have an iPhone X, you can go download the Warby Parker app where you can use their brand new feature, find your fit. It uses iPhone X's true depth camera to map and measure key facial features. And using these measurements, find your fit recommends approximately 12 Warby Parker frames that are likely to be the best fit for your face. Uh, because that is an issue if you're buying glasses online. I can imagine. Yeah, it, it really is difficult to shop for glasses. I mean, anybody who's shopped for sun, you don't even have to be a yeah. regular glasses person. If you shop for sunglasses, you know that not every pair uh, looks good on you or fits your face. So uh, if you have the iPhone X, download the Warby Parker app, do the find your fit. Uh, again, if you want the home try-on kit, five pairs of glasses, no obligation. There's really nothing to lose. WarbyParker.com slash brunch. Go do it. Warby Parker. Don't wear glasses when you're sleeping. <laughs> um, speaking of, of Bill, the, the second date was with uh, young, what's her name, Meryl Streep, and Bill yeah. on a boat. Mm-hmm. And young Bill is all about the implication. What do you mean, what do we need a mattress for? Why in the hell do you think we just spent all that money on a boat? The whole purpose of buying the boat in the first place was to get the ladies nice and tipsy topside so we can take them to a nice, comfortable place below deck and, you know, they can't refuse because of the implication. 
Oh, uh, okay. You had me go on there for the first part. The second half kind of threw me. Well, dude, dude, th- think about it. She's out in the middle of nowhere with some dude she barely knows. You know, she looks around her. What does she see? Nothing but open ocean. Ah, uh, there's nowhere for me to run. What am I going to do? Say no? Okay. That, <laughs> <laughs> that seems really dark. No, no, I mean, it's not dark. You're misunderstanding me, bro. Okay? I'm, I'm, I think I am. Yeah, you are. <laughs> because if the girl said no, then the answer obviously is no. No. But the thing right. is, is she's not going to say yeah. no. She would never say no because of the implication. Now, you've said that word, implication, a couple of times. What what implication? The implication that things might go wrong for her if she refuses to sleep with me. Now, not that things are going to go wrong for her, but she's thinking that they will. But it sounds like she doesn't want to have Why sex with Why aren't you understanding you? this? I don't, she, she doesn't know whether she wants to have sex with me. It's that she doesn't know. That's not know. the issue. Are she, you going to I'm not going to hurt oh, these women. Okay. Why would I ever hurt these women? I, I feel like you're not getting this at all. I'm at not all. getting it. God damn. Oh yeah, he actually did <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I guess that that outweighs the progressive. Yes, or it's balanced. All out. about the implication. If anybody is a Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. fan, yeah, that he, he was gets l- her on a boat, and as soon as he gets her on the boat, he's like, "So we doing this?" Right. He knows it probably has to happen. That she she, she doesn't like, have got, to do anything, but she's probably beds, going to because whoops, of the implication. I got two beds, but whoops, I threw all my shit on one of them. So. Tough yeah, luck, lady. And there's a scene where they're singing to each other while she's trying to get her off the bed. Right, to be like, hey, I can sleep over here. And he's like... Uh, she's handing him shit to take off the bed, and he's putting it right back on the bed. Yeah. Very huge, huge implication guy. Uh, there are some hilarious lines in this movie, none of which... The, the new line of the summer is, uh, be still my beating vagina. Yes. Which is said by uh, one by friend number one. Meryl yes. Streep, when she was alive, had two friends. Friend number one and friend number two. The one I'm with the bangs. Pre- I'm pretty sure friend number two is played by somebody different than in the first one. I could be wrong. Uh... I feel like that's incorrect. The most notable... She's forgettable friend. Julie Walters is... uh, And Christine Baranski is friend number one. The most most notable thing about friends number one and two is that they have had the same exact haircuts from 1971 to 2018 yes they never changed their no, hair i did notice that too she never changed friend number one never changed her uh shade of lipstick the only thing that changed about friends number one and number two is that friend number two went from having an irish brogue as a young woman <laughs> to having a strong thick british accent yes, as an old woman somehow uh i did notice that and friend number one Man, if they didn't do a great job casting young friend number one, because she looks exactly yeah. like the older one, the young friend number two, not so much. I thought the f- young friend number one was hot. Yes, yeah, same. Yeah. Same. I also think that old friend number one is kind of hot. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, they... The, she's, in, she's in some sitcom now. Yeah, I've, I've seen her in, in shit. Um, the Good Wife. Uh, I believe, or in the Good Fight. Wow, there's a lot of the good shows. She was in Goodfellas. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So I, I, uh, I loved, I loved the friends, the friend aspect in this movie. To be honest, yeah. Uh, so that was a great line. Another uh, hilarious part was uh, <laughs> when the so the implication guy. Uh, they're on the boat together. And they they're about to uh, she's about to give in to the implication, and uh, they hear someone screaming. So they go up and they see that a guy is trying to 
go break up a wedding to get the love of his life. So implication guy helps him. They he breaks up the wedding. It's a great thing. And then all these years later, uh, Stellan Skarsgård sees this guy at a restaurant, and the guy's like, "Hey, do you remember me?" And he goes, "No." And he was like, "I'm the guy that fucking that was the guy that broke up that wedding." And they're at a restaurant, and it's this big exciting moment. They're so happy to have seen each other, and. The break up the wedding guy goes, listen up, everybody. This guy, right, this man right here saved my life because he saved my love. It was so many years ago, and I will never forget him. And Stellan Skarsgård goes, oh, anybody anybody would have done it. It was a great day. And they cut to the restaurant, and no one's fucking listening. listening. That was a great moment. I laughed out loud at that. I I laughed out loud at the, like, basically the entire uh, Greek guy. Yeah, that the, his entire character was hilarious. Wait, the uh, with the uh, the ferry guy or no, bootleg no, no, Brett Gelman? The, the what? Bootleg Brett, Brett Gelman was the guy in the band. Oh, not that guy. I'm talking about the guy who is who is like drowning, trying to get to his yeah, wife. Yeah, that's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, the, I laughed out loud at all that guy's scenes. Yeah, he was great. He yeah. was great. Big fan of that guy. Uh, also, that's how I knew this movie was good because that scene happened roughly 23 minutes into the movie, and there, this movie was basically like, hey, you know, the best part of the best movie ever when they break when uh, he breaks up the wedding at the end of the Graduate. Well. That type of shit just happens at minute 23 <laughs> yeah. over here. And comes back later. Yeah. Um, There's an old Greek woman who uh, who uh, gets mad at young Colin Firth, right? Is it? No, 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 no young, young, Pierce young, young Pierce Brosnan. Because he, he's uh, a cheater. He's a cheater. He stups uh, a live uh, alive Meryl Streep. And Without telling her that he has a fiance, right? Not so, a great she, move. so she chases him away. He comes back, and the Greek woman who owns where Meryl Streep, who's alive, lives and works, says to him, uh, "Like, get out of here with your wandering eye and your restless groin." Yes, your restless, restless groin was hilarious. Restless groin, beating vagina, winners. They're great, all great in lines on, on the sexual lingo in this. Uh, did you notice that the Dosakis guy made a cameo in this movie? Did he really? Yeah, he's uh, Andy Garcia's brother at the end of it. No way. Yeah, really. Who, uh, who ends up presumably stooping friend number one? So uh, they come. So at the end, they're having this big yes, party. They all come. They're they're have, they do. This was a <laughs> this is one of the more sexual movies you'll see um, for any age. And they're all having this. Meryl Streep used to be a live party, and they <laughs> everything's been so positive this whole movie. And then there's a shot of the water, and you see a helicopter coming. Yeah. But it's not the, like, you see it coming. It's the you see it from the perspective of the helicopter, yeah. which is usually in movies a sign, bad guys. Oh, yeah, so that's true. I'm sitting there. Or uh, Sicario, where they're going to right. Mexico. They're going to the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's this, like, oh, shit, bad guys moment. And then I realized, oh, Cher hasn't been here yet. But Cher was sort of built up as a bad person right. at that point. So. so Cher comes and she is the uh, the mother of Meryl Streep. Cher plays someone who has lost their daughter because Meryl Streep's character dies. Mm-hmm. And she comes in and uh, sees Andy Garcia. And Andy, and Andy Garcia looks at her and she looks back and goes, Fernando. And I seriously got fucking chills. Really? I did, yeah. Because the whole di- movie is Andy Garcia talking about this fucking mystery that, woman. Yeah. And I don't even care to find that, out that it was Cher was, was pretty cool. I just, 
I think it was more I got chills because when you get chills when listening to music, it's because of you're it's because you're about to hear something, not because of what you're actually hearing. Yeah. So for example, like Silver Springs, I always like towards the end of the guitar solo, that's when I start to get chills because I know that like those last choruses are coming. I always get chills because I know that she's gonna say, uh, Silver Springs is a great old song. About her <laughs> yeah, own song. Right. That's, yeah. You're like, I I get chills when the big moment's happening because it means that the end of the song is about to happen. Um so yeah, I got like fucking chills and I was like, oh my god. And then the yeah. movie ended and Dude, the last the last fucking musical scene where they like incorporate all of them. The Bollywood ending? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Not enough movies do Bollywood endings. Yeah. Well, I mean it's a lot it's of Bollywood movies do coming I back. Yeah. I just like when they do um, things when you're doing something to a set amount of songs, and then at the end you're like, ah, we can do fuck, one more. Here's like a bunch of other shit that doesn't have to do with any of this. Yeah. And like I went to, after Bowie died, I went to a thing where uh, the drummer from Lake Street Dive was playing all of uh, Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, and it was this really cool thing. And then. Uh, it had been planned well before Bowie died, so it just happened to be like a couple days after Bowie died, you got to go hear all this cool Bowie music, and then at the end they were like, "All right, fuck it. We know it's not on this album, but like we're gonna play changes and a bunch of other really cool Bowie songs." I was sort of hoping that would happen with with Cher. I was hoping that Cher would just do play a one Cher of her own song. fucking songs. That would have been hilarious. Do you think that when Sonny and Cher were happening and ABBA were happening at kind of similar times, Cher like what if you told Cher, "Hey." Uh, you're gonna w- one day take a job playing a grandmother who sings ABBA songs. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, she probably would have slapped you in the face. That would be the weirdest fucking yeah. thing in the world. Oh my god, it would be like I, I can't even think of an analogy. It's the most that would be the most insulting thing in the world. Also, but, like n- people would get excited about it because you're share. I'm not so a body shamer really at all, unless I'm body shaming Andy Garcia and myself. <laughs> yeah. But. Her uh, plastic surgery really did interfere with the performance she was able to give. You think so? Yeah, because her face, she was expressionless while playing a grandmother. I didn't think that. I didn't think that, I just found that Cher was a little disappointing, to be honest. Uh, yeah, her acting was not good. No, the singing was uh, whatever. I wanted uh, believe Cher. I wanted her yeah. to do uh, to do fucking ABBA songs with shitloads of auto tune. Listeners of this show know that we uh, we talk about self uh, self care and self maintenance and making yourself look as best as you can. So, did you know that sixty six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty five? Not to be problematic here, but if you lose your hair, gross. it's pretty gross. gross. You, you're you're really uh, lowering your bar a couple notches. So, when you start to notice that your hair is is going, it's often too late. So, be proactive about it. Uh, use Four Hymns. It's fourhymns.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can now be optional. Hymns connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. They, uh, they use well-known generic equivalents to, no- to name-brand pre- name prescriptions to help you keep your hair. And you know how we feel about snake oils. Out on no, snake oils. No snake oils for us. Uh, no snake oils. No gas station counter supplements because anytime you're trying to solve a problem by getting it from a gas station, unless it's gas, 
Mm. It's probably a bad place to start. Uh, so find <laughs> prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor's visits. Save hours by going to forhims.com. It's super easy. You just got to answer a few questions, and a doctor will review and prescribe you the products that you need, and they're shipped directly to your door. So order now. Uh, our listeners get a trial month of hymns for $5. Right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost you hundreds of bucks if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. But instead, you can go to 4 slash brunch. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash brunch. 4 slash brunch. Fix that bald-ass, gross-ass head of yours. So um, they have uh, Amanda Seinfeld give birth. And then there's like there's doing a lot of cutting back and forth between when... Uh, an alive Meryl Streep gave birth, and when Amanda Seinfeld. Seinfeld gave birth, and boy, let me tell you, there is a graphic montage of the aforementioned old Greek lady with shitty posture delivering this There's, baby. But like they, they sort of like sexualize her having a they baby. They did. They did. She like, was like she was like the on board, and she had makeup on and shit. And <laughs> old Greek woman with bad posture was kind of like up on her. Yeah. Like, did you notice that? Yeah, I'm like, she is was, that how you deliver she babies? Was, like, bent over. She was the like bed. taking her from behind yeah. while delivering her baby, like a reach around birth. Yeah, I've never seen a doctor be like, okay, I'm gonna get okay. in position here, and then together. All three of our bodies are going to move in this direction. Uh, but if there's anybody who can make a who can turn me on with a with a sexual birthing scene, it's goddamn Lily James. For me, it was the old Greek the lady old with scene. shitty posture. Uh, she, the old late Greek lady with shitty posture, uh, had a bar, or she worked in a bar that was her son's bar. Her son, bootleg Brett Gelman, yep. uh, owned a bar that because should have been Brett Gelman. Damn, it I so thought it was better. Brett Gelman at first, and I was like, okay, these so pants weren't on to begin with, but now they're for sure off. Uh, he was great, bootleg yeah, like Brett Gelman. Cool. Yeah, we should make a budget movie with bootleg Brett Gelman, uh, bootleg trash Tom Hardy. Yes. Um, who's the? Uh, who did we say is the bootleg John Hamm? Bootleg John Hamm is like an actual B-list celebrity, yeah. though. Fuck. Yeah, I forget who it is, but it's it's definitely not John Hamm. But bootleg uh, Tom Hardy, I think, is cheap. He was he starred in something re- recently, didn't he? He star. He, he had a big role, role in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but that's when we discovered him. Like, okay, after that we had. Uh, well, he was yeah, he was in Twenty Four. He was in Spider-Man. And now, but now when I see Tom Hardy, I honestly don't know if it's uh, the real or fake one. Yeah, which um, I guess is good for bootleg Tom Hardy. My big concern when, with this movie, like when I was seeing the trailers and stuff, was that it would be uh, too hard to follow because there's too many characters. It seemed like the storyline would be a little bit convoluted mm-hmm. and all over the place, and it really wasn't. And I do think that it's partly because the plot is really fucking simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that. And I didn't feel overwhelmed at any point. I didn't find that it was hard to follow at any point. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job mixing between the storylines and sort of like very seamlessly uh, bringing them together. It was very simple. And maybe it was because of availability. They really didn't lean too much into any of the three dads. And the three dads were terrific. Like... Pierce Brosnan didn't do a shitload of stuff on his own, but all the scenes with the three of them were were good. So 
I think that's part of it. They didn't make it as much about the first one as much as they made it like a very simple thing, and then these characters were kind of there for it. Right. You could uh, you could definitely watch this one without having seen the first one. I would recommend. It's very similar to. I was thinking this whole movie. I was like, man, sequels are having a, a day here. They really because are. Paddington Two way better than the first one. Uh, Mamma Mia Two. Here we go again. I think it's just called Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Way better than the first one. I would actually recommend not seeing the first one and then just jumping into this yeah. one because this one is a classic, folks. You're not uh, going to want to miss it. Um, speaking of sequels, I got to mention this real quick. I, I, I looked this up the other day. The Rock has so many fucking sequels coming out. Really? Which is wild because he only makes mediocre movies. But they all do well because yeah. he's The Rock. Uh, Jumanji 2. Oh. San Andreas 2. Uh, he's in Suicide Squad 2. What? Yeah. So he's got these are all coming out within like the next couple of years. Yeah. So uh, gonna be a wild time. I want skyscraper too. Uh, yeah, same. I would go for a skyscraper too. Uh, bootleg Tom Hardy yeah. just starred in Upgrade, which apparently was a very good movie. Oh yeah, I want to see. I need to see Upgrade, and I need to see. Um, there, what's the the Stalin movie? The Stalin movie. I don't know. There's a Stalin movie, and there's Upgrade that the big time movie boys uh, push pretty hard on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, uh, Upgrade stars boot like Tom Hardy, and he fucking looks so much like Tom Hardy. It's crazy. Uh, we so should have him on. I'm down. Yeah. And just only refer to him as boot like Tom Hardy. I'm sure I love that. Keep calling him Tom. Uh, my last note Tom. on Mamma Mia 2 is that the Sky Sky character still fucking sucks to the high heavens. Yeah, yeah. In the Fuck beginning, that guy. They, the first thing they do in the movie, they're like, hey, Meryl Streep is dead. Dead, 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 dead. We're just going to say it again a thousand more times. And then we're going to uh, have Sky call Amanda Seinfeld. And Amanda Seinfeld's like, yo, can we get a divorce? You suck. Don't be in this movie. And And you're like, yeah. They both agree. They're like, yeah, we should probably get a divorce. Right. And I'm like, oh, great. Yes. Sky's out of the picture. I'm not going to see Sky. They have a fucking Sky redemption story. And I'm like, oh. I wish. I do wish that uh, they got divorced. And then they made another movie where Sky gets remarried. Because the best thing that Sky does is bachelor parties. That's true. That's All the true. bros on the uh, yeah. on the boardwalk yeah. doing that. Um, do you... I need to get married just so I can have a bachelor party where uh, all where all uh, my goons Mamma Mia themed bachelor party. Yeah, I'll I was I was actually thinking about it would be too much work, but I was like, fuck, we should do a Mamma Mia themed episode where we are right. We'll now. just like bring up topics and uh, turn them into us singing full ABBA songs. Never get to them. Never yeah. get to finishing them. Well, that's, those are half of our topics anyway. Uh, Sky is like when you put together a daily. F- a daily fantasy team and you get all like the bunch of big stars mm-hmm. like this movie is packed with stars mm-hmm. uh and then you have you're like shit one dollar left got, like one dollar left yeah and that's sky yeah that's fr- but you could have gotten boot like tom hardy instead i know I, I mean i wonder how i mean sky's not a really good singer no so it's really not a uh not like that's why he's in the movie so i don't i have really no understanding why he's why he's in this movie these days, you can get practically everything on demand. ABBA, the Mamma Mia soundtrack, Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack, God willing, a Mamma Mia 3 soundtrack. You can listen whenever you want, whenever it's convenient for you. And you know what else you can get? You can get postage on demand. All you need is Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office, which is good. I like the post office. 
positive post office vibes only right from your desk. You can buy and print real U.S. postage on for any letter or any package. That's the important part. This is real postage. Some places out there are probably going to try to sell you some snake oil postage. <laughs> this is real postage. And because it's a website, it's available all the time, 24 hours a day. Real postage. That's Swing how... low, sweet chair. Swing, yeah. <laughs> I like I like postage on natural. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a scale. What kind of scale? Probably an analog one. Even better, a digital one. You can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. Have I used stamps.com? Sure I have. I've used it to send important letters and packages. All sorts of things. I personally recommend it. So... Get on there, use the code BRUNCH20 for this special offer. A four-week trial, that includes postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BRUNCH. That's Stamps.com. Enter BRUNCH. Stamps.com. I like the post office. Uh, on the topic of uh, <clears throat> my goons, Jonah Hill went on, was it Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, I think it was Jimmy yeah, Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Yeah. And he ran the gamut on saying fucking things. He mainly he became the first person to ever use I freaked it in conversation. And I love that move. It sounded so cool. It's all about like your own style. I see. Um, And this year I was like, you know what? Um, I need to get over my social anxiety. And I went in there and I freaked it. I put it up and then I freaked it. This is from your Instagram. So, but that song came out uh, months ago. The uh, King's Dead on the yeah. uh, Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. Like the I made a hundred thou and then I freaked it. It's yeah. like awesome, but no one started saying it. Right. And Jonah Hill just harambeed the fuck out of it, and it was like months later, like no one's no one's gonna take this. No one's gonna. T- I'll take it. I know. That's I'll such, take it. I mean, that's a fucking power move. Yeah. To do it like months later after it's out of everybody's head, and then bring it back and do it in a fashion where like, fuck, that is the new thing. I fr- I, I tried listening to uh, failing upwards. Yeah. Because I thought it would be like up my alley, and I listened to to one You're episode. Too for and me. I didn't get. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't really get it, and I was like, yeah, these these guys aren't necessarily for me. But that I was like, that's the kind of shit that I, that well, I, a surface level I like. like. I'm sure that talking about lo- fashion in funny ways. I bet that people fucking love that podcast. But there is probably absolutely zero crossover between that show and this show, which is fine, right? Like those those guys will would listen to this show and be like, I don't get this. This sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I just think that that is. I'm fine with. Yeah, that. like not everybody. It's not for everybody. Right, but they made uh, shirts. So they're obsessed with Jonah Hill, obviously. I know. Yeah, they created and, Jonah Hill Day. That's how this all right, thing happened. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they made... Uh, yeah, it's what... Because I love the Four Pins Twitter account. Do they run that? Yeah. Okay. Or one of them does. Okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they started Jonah Hill Day, which is the greatest thing in the world, and they made shirts now. It's a drawing of Jonah Hill, and it says, I freaked it. That's awesome. So I fucking good. fucking shirt, honestly. I well, I'm definitely gonna start saying I freaked it after Jonah Hill. Mama Mia episode title, Mama Mia two, I freaked it. Mama, Mama Mia two, I freaked it. Yes. Um, 
we have some music stuff that we haven't gotten to uh, over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Like a good amount. Uh, also, some stuff that's come out this week. But I, I'm very ashamed that our podcast was not up on game for the new Moo and Diplo song. I would – so I treated it like I normally do with Moo releases. I like waited for the second it came out, listened to it, like it a lot, and just fucking – didn't do any. I, my brain's been a mess for a while. That's true. But yeah, You've I just like fucking, totally forgot about it. You've been a complete disaster for the past couple of weeks. Um, but oh, yeah. the that song, I love that song. I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, they're well, they're a dream team. Yeah, they really Lewin, are. And uh, they know each other by now. Sun in our eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that song. Uh, also, there's a new. Is it is it pronounced Lanny? Yeah, Lanny. Uh, they've got a new song. I really like that song too. I haven't heard it yet. I'm also still vibing to the Moo and Jack Antonoff song from Love, Simon. I still put it on every playlist that I make. That, to me, was like too... Uh, it was too Love, Simon-y for me. It was too fucking Bleachers. drafted for that movie. Yeah. Love, Simon fucking sucked. Did you ever see it? No. It I, sucked. I heard, it, say, I heard I, you say that it sucked. It, it has it. a high fucking Rotten Tomatoes Does it really? score. No one I know who saw it liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mamma Mia 2 has a pretty high Rotten Tomato score, but it is going down. What is it? It was 86 yesterday. Oh, fuck off. It's got to be over 90. I would I would put it at probably like an 88 to 92 really? range. Yeah. I would honestly say That's... that it's deserving of like 97 plus. No way. Yeah. But I mean, I guess knowing some of those fucking movies that are up there for Rotten Tomatoes, then whatever. Um, yeah. But it, the fact that it's a musical doesn't surprise me because there's going to be a shitload of people, critics, that don't love musicals. And yeah don't uh rate it properly um uh, also the new uh story so far single came out this week yes right the, uh, made, let it go kellen. Yeah. we had a fun day with kellen we had a very weird day with kellen yeah we uh took him to castle island and we walked around for a little bit and then kellen needed some shades so we went to newberry street and as soon as we got there it started raining Downpour. harder than any rain has ever rained and it rained that hard every two to three minutes for two to three minutes. Yeah. And it would switch between that and drizzling. And it would just go between, hey, we can walk a couple steps to this is violent rain. Yep. It was, uh, it was uh, among the I more to, violent rains I've I had to get a new shirt because the shirt that I was wearing was a white t-shirt and it was fucking soaked. And oh, I had, yeah. And I had, to, uh, I had to wear it for the rest of the night because I went to the show after that. And so I had to literally get a new shirt because that's how fucking, that's how downpouring it was. This was a fucking week of shows I couldn't go to and it was very upsetting. So I couldn't go, I had to work uh, for uh, when the story so far was playing. So I was really mad. I couldn't do that. And then the next day, a coworker set something up where I hung up with Wynn Butler from Arcade Fire for a little bit, which is crazy because he's huge and it was great. And I watched their sound check and it was a blast and uh, the interview didn't really go well, but that doesn't matter. Uh, as it was winding down, fucking Rostam showed up from Vampire Weekend and I ran the fuck out of there because I was like, I I can't, I can't meet this guy. Okay. I would, it would be like, I don't know. Like they if I never meet your idols, yeah. If I like if I met a Heim, I think I'd actually be able to handle it because I'd be like, hey, we, we're our paths were supposed to cross at some point. But with him, I would. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. 
I don't know how I would do if I met like a, a great producer because I would want to ask them so many questions and I and they'd be like, I fucking hate you. That's that seems like exactly how it would play out. Yeah. So anyway, so I was backstage at the Arcade Fire show and they were like, you can they're like, are you hanging out for the show? And I was like, oh, fuck, I would. But I got to be on TV tonight. God, oh, like I hate my life. And then like after I left. They were like, work was like, oh, by the way, since you did that uh, interview to today, anything? you don't have to do TV oh, tonight. What I was like, fuck? you motherfucker, I'm out of the building right now. Ugh. Oh, man. But it was that super is... cool. I, it was super cool sitting in the, you probably did it for uh, story so far during their sound check. Yeah, yeah. Sitting in the pavilion, empty, yeah. the water is all there, and all you have is a fucking great band playing, yeah. not for you, but like just to you, Yeah, was fucking cool yeah it was a it was a cool experience uh it's very weird to stand behind a band while they play out in front of an empty uh venue that's a very weird feeling the thing with rostam too was that he wasn't performing that night he was just like hanging out like supporting a friend arcade fire is so cool that at a fucking random show in boston rostam will show up yeah that's awesome oh that's great i hate Uh, my life we're seeing Father John Misty soon. I know. I'm very fucking excited. In Portland. That's going to be the most that, fun day. That is like, if, if I was seeing Father John Misty here like yeah. at the pavilion, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, doing anything Hopefully in Portland. Hopefully won't kill myself after. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. no. Doing anything in Portland, it's, I'm like, fuck, yes, I cannot wait. Yeah. I, um, I'm I, see- I've been counting down the days to go back to Portland since last summer. Same. I am going, I'm seeing Taylor Swift the day before, and I'm... I don't know how it'll go, but I'm really like not gonna go hard even in the slightest for Taylor Swift because I got a big day of fucking mistying ahead of me. Fair also, Win Butler, as I was doing my research, is like good to best friends with Josh Tillman. Really? So I, oh yeah, did I not tell you that? I think you might have. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, because yeah, he you were watching like an old interview and he was like, "Oh, my friend uh, Josh Tillman." Yeah, they were like, "Who's the?" Like who? Who's your favorite current songwriter? And he was like, "Oh, the drummer of the Fleet Foxes, Josh Tillman, is fucking incredible." Uh, and he says that he's good at basketball and everything. I want to ask him so much stuff about Father John Misty, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, can we talk about? Uh, can we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo thing for a second? Yeah, why not? Um, this is not me doing the uh, "Look how woke I am" thing. This is me staying true to who I've always been. I don't like the body shaming that happens with, not necessarily body shaming, the anything shaming that happens with anybody who does any sort of porn type of thing. I'm not the biggest porn guy in the world. I'm not like a fucking porn fan or anything. But this guy <laughs> this fan. guy went on a date. <laughs> this I'm guy, a porn super fan. <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm no porn buff. Porn stan. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't stan porn. But this guy, this is the story. This guy went on a date with a girl, and he didn't fucking put it out there it's not himself. A, not a girl. A woman. It's, it's, oh, way older than him. Not, yeah. yeah, not even a woman. Uh, if you ask TMZ, uh-huh. who reported the story, uh, a quote-unquote huge porn star. Oh, yeah. nobody that was says. A, yeah. Uh, huge porn star. And they meant, then, they then mean you see like, it. They, they meant physically. Really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he went on a date with somebody. And he didn't. 
put it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Like, look at this fucking date I'm going yeah. on. I know that she kind of did, but yeah, but yeah, it's just like he went on a fucking date, and that that's a fucking story. This guy goes on a date. Look what this person looks like. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. I don't like uh, that. Uh, shocker! Britt McHenry had a terrible take on this. What was it? it? I she no. She is she, so fucking she muted. Stinks. Uh, uh, Britt McHenry tweeted. Quote tweeted the TMZ article and said, Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback of a prominent NFL team. He should have more values in class than parading a porn star in L.A. Slammy for saying that, but guarantee someone in his camp said the same thing. Fuck yeah, and someone in his camp was a fucking asshole for yeah. saying that. It's that is that's I mean that's so shitty. That's basically saying that porn stars aren't people. And that porn stars should not be able to be to date whoever the fuck they want. Like not to mention the fact that there are athletes all over the place that definitely fuck with porn stars and yeah. definitely fuck with prostitutes and yeah. shit like that. And they I don't give a shit. If you care about this, then you you're like you, you, you care about shit that doesn't matter. So you sent me the story because everyone was talking about it and I just didn't click on it or pay attention to it because I was like, I I got other shit to do. Like this this doesn't seem that interesting to me. And then I finally clicked on it and I was like, Oh, the story is just actually like Look what this person looks like, which as long as you're not fucking saying, like, look how ugly this person is or why do they look like that, then I guess that's kind of funny that you're like, hey, like, look at this person. That's fine. But the, like, it's coming as like a why are you why are you dating that person? And uh, and Britt McHenry followed up with it's not insecure to think that women shouldn't perform in on camera prostitution, not jealous of anyone, least of all someone working in porn. Our conservative values as a society are completely deteriorating if, if stripping and pornography are considered esteemed professions. That is fucking rich, considering that McHenry is a Trump stan. Right. And we all know the fucking story with Trump and, uh, oh, and yeah. what's her name? Stormy. Stormy Daniels, yeah. Who all, well, I, gotta, I gotta give credit to Stormy Daniels. Her fucking mugshot from oh, yeah. last the other week. The best she's I'd go on a date with that. Yeah. I, I, I'd go on a date that would be reported by TMZ <laughs> yes. on that mugshot. But, like, how fucking weird would it... I don't know. I'm just fucking weirded out by that. Like, have you... Uh, I mean, you, you've... You, you're in a committed relationship, so you've probably run into people, like, while with your girlfriend or whatever. But, like, how weird would that be if somebody, like, took a fucking picture and was like... Look at Pete and this woman. I would be. I would feel weird for the other person. I, it definitely. I mean, it, that's not a, uh, a thing that that is uncommon. Not for me, obviously. Yeah. But like, that's something that I feel like it, it sort of comes with the territory when you're a franchise quarterback. Yeah. But to like, but to pin it on like the fact that she's a porn star and that he's like disgracing himself by going on a date with her. Yeah. That's pretty gross. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He's. How does he disgrace himself? Actually, I can't think of anything bad that Jimmy Garoppolo has done. I'm a big Jimmy Garoppolo guy. If I were the Patriots, I would have fucking paid out the nose to keep him. I would have kept Brandon Cooks, not for Tom Brady's sake, but for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake. And then once Tom Brady gets the fuck out of here whenever he does, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Cooks. I'll go to battle with those guys. I'll get in the trenches with those guys. That's what they say in football.